Welcome to Eye on the Illini. This is Illini guy Mike Kegley here with fellow Illini guy and fellow co-host of the Illini guy Sports Spectacular, Brad Sturdy, with our director of recruiting, Kedrick Prince. We are going to talk about the incredibly active two days that the Illini have had in recruiting. Everybody has seen the headlines. They've seen, you know, we've, we've talked about Hawkins coming back, Terrence Shannon Jr. coming back. Ray J. Dennis was being looked at. He's not going to be coming. Jeremiah Williams out of nowhere is now going to be potentially coming to the Illini. Brad, let's start breaking this down. First off, just how important is it to this basketball program to have Terrence Shannon Jr. returning? Yeah, I mean, I think that here's the deal. Terrence Shannon Jr. is one of the very few, I believe there are three power five wings and guards who are first team all conference who are returning this year. Three. The, he's really good. And you get a guy who can put the ball in the basket. He, the addition of him and also Coleman Hawkins, I'm going to add both those guys, but the addition of these two guys make this a top 25 team. Now, I think people want more than a top 25 team, but at the end of the day, that's where you, you, you go here and you're a top 25 team. And now you make, you go from there and we'll, we'll see what, what happens, you know, down the road, obviously they've added other pieces since then, but this is a team that has a chance to be really good. I think they're better than the team a year ago. Now, will they, you know, I think they can have a better year, but you know, got to go out and do it on the court and there's still, you know, other options that are coming. Well, I'll tell you what, I getting Terrence Shannon back, I mean, if you're an Illini fan, it's it's one of the best things that could have happened, you know, but I'm going to tell you, Mike, to answer your question from a national standpoint, I looked today, I looked at, you know, on the, on Twitter today, but the fact that him coming back alone, Illinois' trajectory totally changed. They were nowhere near in anybody's top 25. Now they're in people's 17, 18, 19, and 20, and they still didn't, you know, they don't, I don't know for sure, but I don't think they have a full roster yet. So how important is he? Extremely important. I saw one uh, site talked about him potentially being a first-team All-American based off what Brad just said as well. So this guy averaged 17, 18, 19 points a game, whatever the case may be. He's a proven player. He's a better, and he's older. I mean, you it, that was the best thing could have happened, regardless of all the other stuff, getting a proven guy like that. And now knowing what the what he has to work on to get to the next level, you know, we heard for the first 13, 12, 13 games, you know, how he got up at 4 o'clock in the morning to shoot jump shots. Well, he's going to work on his game to get to the next level. The kid is driven, and he is a huge breath of fresh air moving forward because at the end of the day you're right you want to advance in the tournament but it's also nice to be mentioned on you know ESPN and all these other places when they talk about the best teams in college basketball to see your name out there yeah and, and I do think sometimes it's underestimated a guy like him can score it's almost like when you get into the, one of those streaks where the you're, you've had the other team score eight points on you I, I almost think it's like automatic call of play for Terrence and let him get you a basket so we don't have that 10-0 run, which just seemed to hit us so many times last season. Um, 
Brad, Coleman Hawkins is one that I'm probably higher on Coleman than just about anybody. I think he's trying to flex his leadership muscles. I think he probably, as a kid, probably didn't know how to do that. Um, but I thought he really showed a, a really fun side of himself on Twitter. He was a great <laughs> interview for us on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. If you go back and see it, um, it was a good episode. And and we had uh, Coleman on for, for probably a good 15 minutes. But he's a funny kid. And when he showed his sense of humor when he was trolling Michigan and other teams, I, I think that's a side I'd like to see of him a little more uh, when he's out there and use that that sense of humor to help motivate guys as opposed to just the, you know, the the I'm going to I'm going to, you know, tell them what to do type of leadership. Yeah, there's no question. Coleman has the ability as a personality to be a leader. I think the big thing for him now is, you know, that, that maturity piece is probably his next step and i i like his mature i I think he's really matured now he's got to do it on the court i think sometimes his like facial expressions and exaggerated actions paint him in a different light than than he really is and and so i think that's kind of uh you know a problem but i like him here's the thing he's a very versatile player look at the plus minus when he was on the court last year you got a kid who's six foot ten he can block shots. He can handle the ball. He's a good passer, good connector. And, and, you know, he's a very good defender. I mean, he's a legit guy. When they talk about who's going to be the defensive player of the year in the Big Ten, he's a guy who could be that guy, um, you know, down the road because of his switchability, ability to guard multiple positions, and his ability to, um, I think, if he shoots the ball a bit better, he could have a fantastic year. You know, for me, I, I, I feel bad for Coleman because I think fans sometimes take him for granted. It really frustrates me because he does the little things that don't always come up in a box score. Like, I mean, we've talked about this before. I can't tell you how many times I've seen him at the top of the key trying to make an offensive play but then directing traffic. The most – probably the most impressive thing with him is, is his versatility. The guy, I'm, and I'm, I'll be specific on defense. He can really guard two, three, four, and five. I mean, with no problem. Some slower guards at the point level. No, that's not his forte. But if he had to do it, I think he could gap guys and and keep them in coverage and to 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 um and or to defend them. But for the most part, I just because he's not scoring twenty five and thirty game, or he's not like Kofi where he's getting twenty and ten every night. You can't take him for granted. I knew. The growth that I've seen with Coleman, and this is a small part, and you know I don't want to lose my credibility as an analyst, as a coach, but the way he dunked the ball last year, and uh, in some of those games in traffic, he he never did that when he was when he was younger. He's grown, and I would tell you, if the scouts they look at those things and, and his maturity level, I mean, perhaps right, his antics, yeah, they rub people the wrong way, but. He is funny. I I love the sarcasm on Twitter too, because like the one you know was, uh, I talked to a family member and they was basically telling me, hey, you know what, the kid's coming, but we gotta let the kid have his day. And then I don't know, one of the national guys said he was coming back, and then he tweeted, said, damn, you know, you didn't give me a chance to get my video ready. So his sense of humor is great now. He's much more mature than you know than what he once was, and I have to give the credit for this, and I'll end it with this. You know, the way Coach Underwood challenges him and he gets on him during timeouts, I'll give the kids credit because it's tough, but he takes it. 
Yeah, I, I will be honest with you. I think his defensive um, contributions are, are mightily under appreciated uh, the things that he allows you to do with his, with his foot speed um, are, are pretty amazing. So um, that's probably why I fall into the Coleman Hawkins camp a little harder than some people do. Um, now let's talk about, um, let's talk about the controversial moment of the day. Um, a recruit who many thought, let's say three to four weeks ago, was going to be a for sure future Illini. Uh, Ray J. Dennis, uh, the max most valuable player, point guard from Oswego. Um, he chose Baylor over Illinois. You know, it was one of those decisions that, that you know, maybe in the last week or so with the longer the recruitment went on, it seemed to get a little bit um, – stale on the Illini side, maybe be the way to describe it. I'm not certain. Brad, um, maybe you can speak a little bit to this situation um, for Illini fans who are curious about this recruitment. Yeah, it's it's pretty clear that, you know, and, and they didn't get what they wanted. I think that they had different things. I think the other thing that happened, here's what happens. When Ray J. Dennis went in the, you know, when he first entered the NBA draft, he's the Mac player of the year. He's from Toledo. He's from Oswego, obviously, high school. He played a couple years out of Boise State. He goes to Toledo. He has good years. I don't think he realized what was coming his way in terms of what offers he was going to get, what NIL money he was going to get. And so Illinois sounded really good. And then, you know, as time gets on, he gets more offers and he starts meeting other coaches and seeing things. He sees other options. And it's like, you know, it's, it, it's, um, it, and so I guess what happens is he starts seeing these other options and maybe finds something that he likes better. And, and he just fe wasn't feeling Illinois at the end. And that's just the way it was. And it doesn't mean that, you know, they, they didn't really necessarily do anything wrong, but maybe the strategy could have been different. I mean, I don't think they did anything wrong in the recruitment saying, you know, this kid just, sometimes kids just pick other schools. Tim Anderson rarely misses on a kid that he gets this deep was with like he did Ray J. So give Tim Anderson, you know, every recruiter, I don't care who they are, is going to miss on a kid occasionally. So, but Tim Anderson has done a fantastic job of getting guys here and this just didn't work out this time. And, but they're going to pivot. They're going to find another guy. And I don't know that there's a, you can't say there's one thing that Ray J. Dennis didn't choose Illinois because it's just more, it, it happened. And, and Illinois needed a point guard. It was a perfect fit, you know, in their mind. And they, that's why they felt so strongly about him, but it, it didn't work out. Well, I'm going to take a different approach and I don't, I'm, you know, I don't want to blow your podcast up, Mike, but I'm going to tell you, and you both know, We've had private conversation and text messages. So when people listen to this and when they roll their eyes or drive off the road, you both can verify this. I don't care if they didn't. I'm, I didn't care if they got the kid or not. I, and you both know this. I was not that impressed with him, and I will tell the listeners why. I don't think he was athletic enough. I don't think he was quick enough. Playing in the MAC, I think it's great. He, it looks good on paper. It looks great on paper. Because you're going to get a guy that's scoring. Most of the people didn't know who this kid was, and but they fell in love with him because Illinois, you know, he put Illinois on the list, and Tim Anderson was going after him, and Brad Underwood wanted a point guard. I just don't think he was good enough 
to for what they need, in my personal opinion. When I talk about athleticism, I don't think he's a great defender. And I watched him play. And so the people out there who are really going to question this, I knew the first NIT game they played against Michigan. And that's when I talked to Mike. I mentioned it to you. I watched the game. And I thought, okay, this kid, he can score a little bit, but he's a, I don't think he's a great defensive player. And I don't think he's going to be able to blow by people in the Big Ten because if you look at his shooting percentage against Michigan, I think he was like 5 for 19 or 18. Wasn't great. And that was only one game. You can't judge a kid off one game. I just think when you look at the big picture, and I'm going to tell you, I don't think Tim missed. You know, Brad, and I don't – you know, I very rarely never disagree with you. I don't think Tim really missed. I think they – yeah, I think they wanted a, a point guard. They wanted to have somebody. You know, and like you said, a lot can happen between now and then. But Tim is pretty good at what he does. And even if he did, let's say he did miss, like you said, you know what? It happens. Orlando Antigua, is, to me, is one of the best in the business. He didn't get every kid. And he's been at this for a long time. So I'm not – I didn't, you know, take my milk over, you know. I didn't – you know, I'm going to go to sleep at night, and I'm not going to be upset about it. I just don't. I'm not frustrated with him because at the end of the day, I don't think he would have been a good fit. And I, you know, and you know, maybe they could have done things differently and maybe he could have done things differently. But sometimes these kids think, you know, Hey, I'm this and that. And then they want to dictate how things are. That doesn't work with every coach in every university. Yeah. And I, I want to make sure you understand. I'm not being critical of Tim Anderson. I'm oh, saying no, that I'm every, that. every coach, I think he's done a fantastic job. Most of the guys that are on the roster are guys that he brought in. So he's fantastic. But I, I just am saying that, you know, no matter who you are, you can't get every kid you want. It just doesn't work yeah. that way. If it did, then, you know, we'd be in a, we'd, we'd be in a different place, wouldn't we? You know? Yeah, so. exactly. I agree, buddy. Well, and, and look, the only thing I would ask of the coaching staff is the same thing I would ask of players. You know, players have to work on their game. They have to look at film, break down what they're doing, figure out how they're going to improve if you, you know, I mean, you know, we, we saw Jalen Brown in the Eastern conference finals, you know, he's what we used to call the three dribbles guy, you know, two, he could dribble twice. The third time he dribbles into trouble. Um, he had a lot of turnovers. Um, he's got to figure out a way to elevate his game if he wants to make $50 million a year. And, and so I would say the same thing to the coaching staff. They've got to sit down as a group, break down how they're operating and then decide, is there something we could do different or something we could do better to get the results we want? And I'm not saying they screwed up. I'm just saying that you should break those things down just the way you would expect a player to do it. And, and I, would, I would assume the staff is going to do that and try to learn from it and go forward. Um, you know, I didn't know who Ray J. Dennis was before people started talking about him. I tend to trust the coaching staff, which has bit me in the butt with Coach Gross. But um, the, <laughs> bo <laughs> the, bot the bottom line is, is I figure, you know, if, if Tim Anderson and Chester Frazier, if they're going after a guy that they believe is good, that's probably good enough for me. They've, they've been around the game and played long enough. They know what good looks like. And if they say that, okay, we didn't get Ray J, but we'll find somebody else, I tend to trust that. Basketball teams and football teams are not defined by the, by the players you miss, but rather the players you sign. So let's see what that roster looks like going into the season, and then we can panic or do whatever at that point. 
I feel like this is a pretty good roster right now. They want to tweak it a little bit and um, let's tweak and see what happens. There's a lot of fifth year guys who will be going, you know, who will, who have eligibility, who may want to come and play and try to be the best, you know, contribute to being the best team in the big 10 over the last five years instead of the last four years. So as we go, there's um, uh, Jeremiah Williams, Chicago product, uh, played at Temple, was at Iowa State, suffered a Achilles tendon um, injury, which is is in the old days used to be a death penalty to athletes. Nowadays, they seem to recover pretty well from them. Um, let me get your guys' thoughts on him as a player and maybe you know some of the what's happening on that. Uh, so that the fans get a little bit of background on Mr. Williams. Yeah, I, I'm actually a, I, I'm a fan. If on there's two things, obviously with uh, with with uh, Jeremiah Williams. One, will he be eligible as a two-time transfer? Um, you know, because he's transferred from Temple and went to Iowa State. Or and the second thing is, will he? Um, be able to be healthy enough to play coming off the uh, torn Achilles. If those two things are yes, then I really like this pickup. And I will say this, and Mike, and you can you and you can vouch for me. We have talked about this before. We would like him better. And I, I I'm going to say this because then people are going to say, oh, they're saying after the fact. No, Mike and I we talked about this before that I would say I would have liked him better than even Ray J Dennis, because I like his fit as a facilitator next to a guy. Cause I really am high on Draven Gibbs Lahorn, but I don't, as a two guard, you got to have a point guard who can defend twos and threes. If he's your, he's your uh, two guard. So I, I liked his fit because he's a very good facilitator, very good passer. He's got good size, six foot five. Um, if you look at his body, he's really changed, but he had a really solid freshman, uh, year at, at temple. And, um, you know, I, I was, you know, I, I just think this kid has a chance to be, um, you know, a, a nice player and multi-year player. He has three years of eligibility left. Well, I like, I, I think, you know, people are going to look at us as, as a backup, you know, a quote unquote plan B. I mean, you know, just so you, you know, the listeners out there know, and I know Brad, you knew this and Mike, we talked about it as well. Illinois recruited him last year. You know, so this isn't like some guy you found at Walmart and you thought, okay, we're just going to put a band-aid on this because they did recruit him before, you know. And I like – what I do like about him is his side, but I like his, his defense. And I, from my understanding, you know, they would love to see him on the court, you know, defending full court the way the fans love to see Sincer Harris do, you know, has done last year. So good defensive player. And the other thing is, you know, he's played at, at the Division One level. My big concern is is him getting, you know, uh, him getting a waiver. I mean, I don't know the last time <clears throat> Illinois has won a waiver. I don't, never, probably. So the chances are slim because it's Illinois. I mean, but um, mm-hmm. I don't think that. I mean, it just doesn't. But it would be nice to have him. And even if you, you don't, he's going to be there. You know, you got a guy that's played at the Division One level and – you know, and he will have three years of eligibility left from COVID and his um, his medical red shirt. So, I mean, that's a, uh, that is another plus having him around, and his leadership will help Drayvon. I'm a big Drayvon fan, and I know 
what he did at the high school level. And it doesn't always transfer right away. Freshmen, you know, they go through spells. But this kid looks different, you know, he's spe- and he's quick enough. So I think, you know, having him there – and Illinois' roster is good. They, they No one ever talks about – the other uh, transfers that they have. I mean, it's easy because they all focus on Ray J, but if you look at that roster, there's some pretty good, some darn good players that have played at the high major level and mid-major level who are older and who's been around, and they're effective. It's a good roster. Hey, yeah. I, I will. Here's the other thing. You know who, uh, if you go on Ken Palm and you look at the comparisons for Jeremiah Williams, you know the guy who pops up multiple times? Alex Caruso. I like him. He's a pretty good wow. player, right? Alex Caruso. Exactly. You remember Alex Caruso, you know, who's obviously people from Illinois should remember, you know, people in Chicago, <laughs> right? So, um, but yeah, he played playing for the playing in the NBA. So, yeah, there you go. Well, and and I do think you know ultimately you you there's just ups and downs that you run into, and I will tell you that Brad Brad and I do wax philosophic sometimes. You 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 watch Derek Harper at six foot four, you watch uh, Bruce Douglas at six foot three and strong as an oak tree, um, you know, and we're both very high on Draven Gibbs Lahorn, and I think. If you if you have him out there at six foot two, it would be nice to have a six foot four guard who can handle the bigger twos um, on the defensive end of the court. Uh, and, and so even when you see other guys that they're recruiting for the twenty twenty fours, like Mikey Lewis at about six foot two, six foot three, it'd be nice to have a defensive stalwart. And then can you imagine you know putting Williams and Harris in together at the same time? to to as like a shock troop um for for four or five minutes together i mean they would be just devastating to the opposing guard so there's a lot that putting together a roster that can can really you know be helpful um with with how the the team plays and what it gives coaches options to do they don't have to do it but they have the option to do it um real quick personally i guess uh, you know, Ray J would have been nice because the coaches wanted him. I would have loved to have had him come. But at the same time, life goes on. I don't really think I'm in a place when I when you have Hawkins and Shannon back, I, I don't feel like I should be panicking to have a top 25 team return, especially if you look at guys getting better under the tutelage of Tim Anderson and his, you know, ability to develop players. But Brad, where does the program go next in the next few months? And and you know, what do you what do you think here? Well, I think there's two things that are really important right now, and one of them obviously is to, I think they're going to add another player. I really do in this off season. We'll see how it shakes out. I think they're going to add another perimeter player. I think that's one. I think the second thing is to add high school players in this class of 2024. And that's really important for this offseason because they are going to lose Terrence Shannon, Coleman Hawkins, uh, Marcus Damask, you know, uh, uh, go down the list, uh, Quincy Guerrero. They're going to lose. I mean, go down the list of guys they know they're going to lose, the Justin Harmon kid. Um, You think about all these guys that are like fourth and fifth year guys, senior guys, they're gone, right? Well, 
Now you pick out, so let's say you lose six guys there. You know some people are going to transfer because every year's people transfer. Maybe you have somebody who has a great year and they decided to test their wares, whatever. You may have to bring in like literally like eight guys, nine guys this offseason. You got to get like four high school guys to make sure you're not trying to recruit an entire team out of the portal again. And this will be the next year will be the last year for the COVID fifth years. So um, that should uh, that should change things a little bit, I think, moving forward. So you got to have some high school guys. You got to start getting young guys and developing them and being that developmental program once that, that, you know, they talk about being once that happens. Well, just so the fans know, and I think this may be a surprise to the both of you, maybe you know this, Coleman Hawkins could come back another year. Just, you know, just throwing that out there. That's number one. And two, you talk about high school players. I, mean, I tweeted, um, tweeted, uh, I talked to Morez Johnson, who transferred from St. Rita to Thornton. And think about five years ago, guys. Let's, let's go back in time. Five years ago, Illinois has a top 25 basketball recruit, and they, they would brag and brag. Nobody talks about this kid. You know, and I tweeted, he's a, and according to ESPN, and at one point in time, his running mate, you know, James Brown was ahead of him for years. And now Illinois has one of the top 25 basketball players in the country, high school kid, and people don't talk about him. We talked about this, I think, on our last podcast about Illinois building a roster with high school students. Because if you, if you do that, you might not have to rely on the transfer portal as much. Because let's face it, they're going to be in this situation again next year. And I think every year the transfer portal is in existence. I think it, I think it hurts Illinois. I think the first two years they kind of mastered it, but now everybody else is. You know, Fran McCaffrey said it best. I mean, you go get some some mid-major guys and these coaches develop these kids and you can go get them and then you can advance to the tournament with them. And it's tough because everybody has NIL money now. You know, the one thing the Big Ten has, which other schools don't, I think is the TV contract that's very, very attractive. I mean, to everybody because no matter what part of the country you live in, I mean, your games are going to be seen. But – the roster itself, um, it's gonna it's gonna turn over again. I mean, and I think too that it's not done. I think there's some changes being made. I know people are kind of critical of the staff, but you think about it. You know, don't just forget what you see today. You know what this roster is like and what these assistant coaches are capable of doing. I have full confidence that they're going to make sure that they're competitive as long as that as long as that they are all there together. Yep. Yep, I think that's that's obviously what they're they're looking for. So I guess if you were hoping for a gloom and doom podcast, I we're not really that gloomy and doomy. Um, we'll we'll find something to get gloomy and doomy about, but not today. Um, Brad, any final thoughts before we uh, wrap this puppy up? Yeah, here's my final thought. So I have heard so much vitriol and seen so much vitriol towards Jeremiah Williams, a Chicago kid who is coming to Illinois people because he's, I guess not Ray J Dennis, but it's ridiculous. I'm sorry. Illinois nation. I'm sorry. You lost on this guy, whatever. We didn't get him. It, it happens. Right. But it's this kid wanted to come to Illinois, chose to come to Illinois and, and you should be celebrating a Chicago kid coming to Illinois instead of going after him. I kept hearing all year, well, they went out and got a veteran point guard from a mid-major. And they did this, and Illinois should have done that last year. 
So Illinois goes out and grabs a guy, but it's not enough. It's not the guy they wanted, so it's bad. So it doesn't really matter. I mean, you, you, you're not going to – they can't play out you – know, it's like I told somebody the other day. Brad Underwood can't win in March until next March. It can't happen until next March. We can complain about it all we want. It's not going to happen until next March. I think that's where we're at. And we're just, it's its still, I guess it's some pent-up anger or whatever. But, you know, take a break, go for a walk, have a drink, and relax. And, and, and let it happen. And, and don't be bat- mad at kids who literally choose to come to play at the school that you supposedly love for coming to the school that you want kids to come to. Sorry. No, well, I mean, that's a tough follow, but I'm going to, you know, I had something different, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to jump off what Brad just said. It's a bad look. I know people are going to say, oh, stay off Twitter then if you don't want to see it. It's wrong. And if that was your kid, you would feel bad about it and you would like it. If a kid wants to show you that they want to put on that jersey and be a part of it, you should be happy and be glad because I know today, when you know when AJ decides to go somewhere else to Baylor, okay. Oh, we didn't want you anyway. You know, go to hell, whatever. Okay. Well, now there's a kid who wants to be here, and you don't know. You don't know what this kid. This kid could come in if he gets a waiver. Probably not. Um, in year one or next year, whenever he's eligible, and be a huge difference maker. I mean, it's just so easy because people are so quick to just look at the hype. Some people watch a hype video and think that's how you evaluate a kid. Let me tell you, I've been at this for 100 years. That doesn't work. It doesn't work. Because I'll tell you who had an unbelievable hype video, you know, was Jay Nepps. He was a – his videos are awesome. But he didn't shoot like that during the big time. There was one stretch. He was 5 for 38 from 3. But if you looked at his highlight, you never saw that. Give the kids a chance. And, it's you know, and I'm certainly not telling you what to do. But I'll tell you this, if you follow recruiting like you guys say you do and you love it, that's not helping the cause because kids do see it. And one of the things that I do, and I'll close with this, I do talk to these parents daily. There's not a day gone by in the last three or four years I've not talked to a minimum of two parents, whether it be football, basketball, even volleyball, and they see what's going on. And they know. I mean, some of these people are just ecstatic. I mean, I know I'll use a women's basketball player. Haven Smith, who just recently committed. Her mother is just, she's beside herself. Her daughter's getting to play for the University of Illinois. And one of the coaches said to me that in passing, not to me, but I heard him say in passing, that this is their dream job. They are living a dream right now, you know, and recruiting kids who want to be here, telling kids that they can't come because they don't have a spot for them. It could be a lot worse. It could be go back to the John Gross years where you knew you played 30 games, and you're going to lose 28 of them, and you're not going to get in the tournament. Yep. Well, folks, that, that's kind of where we are here. We wanted to put out a podcast. We we also wanted to wait and get kind of a little bit where we could put them all together as opposed to having you listen to us uh, multiple days in a row. That, that, that may not be good for your health. Um, what we will ask you, of course, is please listen to the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. That is out there on the radio stations across Illinois, 23 signals. You can go to IlliniGuys.com, hit the radio button, and you can see a list of all the stations. 
find the city that's closest to you. Look for the day, either Friday or Saturday, and the time, and tune in. If you enjoy our show, please uh, call up the station, drop them a note, let them know that so that they realize that people enjoy it. And, of course, we also have our podcast, Sturdy for 30, Ted's Recruiting Roundup, that you can also listen to. You can listen to uh, Line of Guys Sports Spectacular. It comes out noon on Saturdays. You can listen to the shows there as well. And, of course, subscribing to IlliniGuys.com is a great way to keep up with what's going on uh, with the Illini. We would love to have you as a subscriber, $99 a year. You can get involved in all of the hijinks of our message boards, including the meltdowns that we all have when we have to deal with uh, uh, curveballs uh, in recruiting and uh, curveballs in upset losses. It can be a lot of fun and it can also be crazy, but it uh, allows you to see some of the sausage making behind the scenes that you can't really get anywhere else. And obviously, we have our front page and our stories that give you news on all goings on Illini as well. So with that, I want to thank Brad Sturdy for uh, taking time this evening to come out and talk with us along with Kedrick Prince. We will talk to you later on. And remember, go Illini. <laughs>